Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Well, hello. I am Andy Behrens uh, coming to you from a spacious conference room in Chicago, Illinois. And I am joined, as usual, by Scott Pianowski and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast presented by Planters, satisfying your snack cravings for over 100 years. What the heck satisfied me today? Um, I'm, I'm still alive in about eight places in the fantasy postseason. I'm feeling pretty good about that. Not that anybody should necessarily care about my fantasy portfolio. My Chicago Bears are still stubbornly clinging to life like the ghost team rattling around the house that doesn't know it's dead. But by God, they're they're six and seven. They're coming off a win. Mitch Trubisky is filling the sky with footballs and it's going well. So the Bears still technically alive here at the hashtag nuttiest time of the year. Scott, how are you? Look at you trolling me with the message board. That's that's rough, Barons. It's it rough. was Pianowski week. That's a huge yeah. week around here. I know. Yeah. The I, whole, the whole know, city was galvanized. 2019 by it. Patriots. I went from the first round by to losing to the to the weaker team in the final week of the regular season, having to play on wild card week, not heart, maybe not in it. And, you know, I guess I'll be moving to Tampa Bay next year or whatever, <laughs> breaking up with, with Belichick. But um, a lot of teams in the playoffs, a lot of teams didn't win. This week, some teams have, have miracles uh, waiting on Monday, I hope. And I have a bunch of teams with buys, too. So those, you know, the great thing about a bye week is you can't be eliminated during a bye week. But I wonder. I think I'm at a peak. I think my fantasy season might have peaked around October 31st, Halloween, I think they call it. Um, I don't think I've been at my strongest in December. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe my, my bid's been a little off. My... You know, I didn't play Nelson Aguilar in a, in a league. I probably could have used him. I, I cut Mike Davis this week. Uh, I thought that McCaffrey was coming back, and I really needed that Dallas defense. The Dallas defense came through. They scored a bunch of points, but unfortunately, Mike Davis he would have been like uh, Walter Payton on the on the some of my team. <laughs> so it's cutting him really hurt. So it's it's a tough day for me. You know what? You know what blows? I don't know how we can fix this in fantasy, but what really blows is like te- I mean, whatever. You have a buy. That's a good thing. It is terrible when your guys get hurt and you're on a bye because you have that like nice, relaxed feeling like nothing can go wrong. I can't possibly lose this week. But it turns out you can lose just a little bit um, when guys go down on the squad. Well, you don't get you don't get the benefit that the real teams do where no, you don't practice. You, yeah, nobody's you, you healing just, up. You rest. You, you get you get maybe some work on a body part that's hurting or something like that. Yeah, when I'm on a bye week, I, I want my players in the cold tub. I don't want them, you know, but maybe maybe do a walkthrough, do like a preseason game. You get a series in, you run five or six snaps, get them off the field, get them in bubble wrap. 
you know what's really important you know i mean it's um i mean we we saw the 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 dolphins late in their game right they could have gone for the glory of a touchdown no they went for a field goal to cover the spread you know, the, <laughs> and the lions got the late field goal right I mean, these teams have to see outside their immediate. No, no. I know somebody's gonna say, "Hey, wait a minute. Maybe Miami was actually doing what was best to maybe get a win because then they get the onside kick and a hail mary." Yeah, whatever. If those details interest you. That's fine. But you know, that was satisfied me. By the way, I had Miami and Detroit in my various pick'em handicapping contests, and uh, both of those tickets look dead. Uh, they're very much alive. Unfortunately, a lot of Pianowski rosters. The Hecky Bean team that was in first place two weeks ago is now in the ignominity of the consolation bracket yeah, i've never listen, been consoled even i don't remember i don't remember the difference between fifth and sixth or third and fourth <laughs> i get no consolation in that bracket you get one of those tiny little trophies for third so i'm i've i'm still in play there uh i don't think i can possibly win with the team that just beat hecky bean but uh God, no, but it's a bad team <laughs> very poorly managed too i you know i know we didn't shake at, at midfield there's a reason for that there's a lot of bad blood here <laughs> Total Harbaugh at midfield. Let me let me ask you before we get into the pickups, and that is what we're here for. This is the pickups podcast. Everybody knows that. D- did you have any exposure to Josh Jacobs to that little that little scare that Josh Jacobs gave us? Um, and it, like it's he made a great case for just not paying any attention to your fantasy team um, during during game day, right? Because Josh Jacobs gave us a little little social media scare posted to, to IG. I think it was that uh, he would not be playing. Of course, he did play. It was a mostly uneventful game for Jacobs. He didn't get re injured. He didn't do anything spectacular it was a difficult matchup but i i had him in like three different spots and i was i was terrified for a minute there it only did not affect me but i didn't even find out about it i was in my own cocoon i didn't realize that it all happened until it was over and it was clear that he was playing so i i never got to experience the uncertainty in real time i I was getting a sandwich going a sandwich run about three o'clock eastern i think that's when the whole stuff was going down i was in the car and and listening to some fantasy radio and uh, shout out to Joe Dolan does a great job. Paul Kelly do a great job on the fantasy oh, channel Joe's really good, yeah. on a Sunday afternoon. Um, they also had a great moment where I think it was Paul, Paul Kelly who had a prop for Clyde Edwards Hilaire, his, his rushing yardage prop, and he had already beaten it. And then he got tackled for two significant negative runs on the final drive. <laughs> and so what looked like a sure win actually turned into a loss. Paul handled it uh, gracefully. And they, they have that, that, that channel's really good. And those guys are really good over at fantasy points. So, so check those guys out if you're not familiar with them. But anyway, I missed the whole Jacobs thing. And then I posted some opinions on social media that, you know, if the NFL is going to be in bed with, with fantasy and in bed with handicapping and picks and gambling, whatever you call it, which it seems like they are, and I'm, we're all for it. Go over to BetMGM. We have some great deals. Uh, BetMGM.com slash Yahoo. You can get your first deposit, all sorts of bonuses over there. Uh, bonus, Use the promo code Sportsbook so you know you got it from us. If they're going to, the NFL's going to do that. Because the great thing about the NFL is that they can put the two worst teams in the league on TV on a Thursday night. We'll watch it. Yeah, we're going to care. Fantasy interest. We may have a couple bucks on the game. They have to have a sanctity of information. There's a reason why the injury report exists, and they have to say if somebody went to practice or not. And you can't have the players on their social media accounts just fiddling around like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not playing today. That can't happen. If that was a quarterback. I know Derek Carr isn't great, but whatever. We saw what the Broncos were when they couldn't play their their regular quarterback or one of their nominal backups. I mean, it totally derailed the team. If this had happened with Aaron Rodgers or something, it would have been a major freakout. The NFL that's a, that's a lot of money moving. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can't you can't be joking around about your availability. You, you just that's not funny. I mean, I and a lot of people told me to settle down. You know, go yell at the cloud, old man. But you know, the, if the NFL is going to have all this side interest going on, which I'm all in favor of. 
and, and I know some teams are, you know, they pull all this chicanery with the injury report. Belichick will yeah. list 37 guys is questionable, but um, you need to have some sanctity of information. So I think what Jacobs did was, was kind of a, a sixth grade joke, you know, whatever. It wasn't really funny anyway. And uh, it gave some people some anxiousness that maybe they didn't need. So I, I thumbs down on that for me. Made me made me pick up Jalen Richard somewhere, which I did not appreciate. See what it did? It made Andy pick up Jalen Richard or Richard. Nobody needed that. Nobody needed that. Nobody needed that. Even Jalen Richard would be the first. (laughs) Well, let's dive into uh, let's dive into pickups and let's start actually at uh, at the quarterback position because it's fun because we got some fun names in here. I'm just going to rattle a bunch of them off and I'm going to start. I'm going to start right here in Chicago with Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I'm terrified. I'm terrified because he's got this. He's got this nice, smooth runway this season. We, uh, we've we've talked about the finish to the Bears season before. It is a like if yeah, I don't know if you, you got Allen Robinson on a roster, you got David Montgomery on a roster and you somehow made the fantasy playoffs with David Montgomery. Things are things are looking pretty good right now. Mitch Trubisky coming off a game with three touchdowns in the first half against Houston. I'll just rattle off the teams again. It was Detroit. It's Houston. It's Minnesota. It's Jacksonville in week 16. Like if you're a Bears fan, you have to be a little bit nervous that Mitch is going to, I don't know, con the Bears into thinking that he might be salvageable at some point. Maybe he is. I don't know. I haven't been particularly impressed. Um, I'm not looking forward to running it back with Mitch Trubisky, so I hope we don't get uh, any of that momentum. Anyway, he's coming off a three-touchdown first half against Houston. Looked just fine. He's got good skill pieces around him. I think he's interesting. The other names we need to talk about, of course, Jalen Hurts, still out there in about 80% of Yahoo leagues. All he did was run for 106 yards in his NFL starting debut. It's only him and Lamar Jackson that have rushed for over 100 yards uh, in their in their starting debut at quarterback. So incredible game for him. They get a win. That was huge. He also gets Dallas in week 16, which is about as friendly as it could possibly get. Other names I, I want you to sort out for us. Uh, I'll toss out Philip Rivers, who has four straight multiple touchdown games. Baker Mayfield, who's got the Jets coming up in week 16. That looks pretty good. Uh, Tua, I, I would feel I would feel wrong if I didn't mention Tua, even though he's got he's got New England coming up. We don't like that too much, uh, but he's coming off a game with over 300 passing yards, three combined touchdowns. He has absolutely no weapons around him right now whatsoever. Like if he was surrounded by by good weapons, I might feel better about it. But Devontae Parker goes down. Mike Kosicki goes down. Grant goes down. Preston Williams already down. Miles Gaskin on the covid list. Uh, Brita out. Uh, Ahmed out like all, all the. All the guys that uh, all the guys that you can possibly name that are that are skill position players in Miami are uh, compromised to some extent right now. So that's a, that's tough sledding for Tua. And then I'll just toss out the fact that Gardner Minshew apparently back in the uh, back in the saddle for Jacksonville. It's not going to matter a whole lot for fantasy purposes. They've got Baltimore coming up, then they've got Chicago after that. So he's not necessarily somebody you want to go out and add. But I am sorry to report that the Mike Glennon era is over. Yes, it is, and I'm happy to see Minshew back because I like watching him play. Although uh, he's probably just keeping the seat warm for whoever Jacksonville drafts, for whoever Jacksonville hires as their new coach and GM. And they're obviously yeah. going to do a total rebuild there. I like Matt Harmon's comp. He, he thought Minshew reminds him a little bit of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I see that. I think Minshew's going to have a long yep. career. A lot of it will probably be as a backup. And every once in a while, he'll, he'll probably get us excited. I, I don't even think maybe he can be a lower end starter. I, I'm not convinced that we know if he's you know, NFL caliber or not. And I, I'm just glad that he's back on the field because I thought he got a raw deal with a, a bad I think he's in that staff. range where he's almost certainly one of the 35 best quarterbacks sure. in the world, right? So yeah, he's going to play a lot. If he was in the NFC East right now, I mean, he, I'd, I'd like him more <laughs> than, we didn't even mention Dwayne Haskins who who may have to start 
yeah. for the first place uh, WFT. Long live the football team. Um, you know, Andy Dalton hasn't knocked anybody's socks off. Uh, all Daniel Jones did is, is kind of single-handedly lose that game for the Giants. So, you know, has there been a, a division as ravaged by injury at quarterbacks as that division? Everybody's on their plan B right now yep. or, or plan C. Uh, I guess Haskins technically was the starter before the season, but they've, they're, they've kind of reshuffled that. you got to start with Hurts because he's got the rushing backbone. He's got that in his back pocket. He's going to run for 70 or 80 yards. He could run for 100 again, and he's looked fine as a passer. It's it's too early to know where this is headed long-term. We know they're committed a lot of money to Carson Wentz, and, and it's going to be hard to get away from that deal. They may feel in the offseason, maybe Wentz has an injury we don't know about, or they feel like they can fix him. It doesn't matter. All you care about is week 15, and, and Hurts showed the moment wasn't too big for him. He had that late fumble, but for the most part, you know, I don't think he was sacked in that game, no interceptions. He's a touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey, who apparently has not retired. He's still in the NFL <laughs> and catching touchdowns from Jalen Hurts. So, And he did it against the New Orleans defense. It's one of the best in the league. Now he gets Arizona. That's a much easier matchup. And then Dallas, if you need him in week 16, I would have told you a week ago, I just hope he plays well enough to keep the job. He's going to have it the rest of the year now, the way he just played. And Philadelphia is still in playoff contention. So yep. uh, Hurts looks like an easy play for me. And then I would pivot to, to Rivers, who keeps getting multiple touchdown passes. Frank Reich. We like him. I know Brissett comes in and, and will poach some short yardage work, maybe a, a goal line opportunity here or there, and that's frustrating. But they've got T.Y. Hilton going the last couple of weeks. He'd gone 14 games without a touchdown, but he's looked great the last few weeks. I put a fork in him. I was totally wrong. And and you saw it in Chicago uh, yesterday, Houston's defense, they're secondary. They can't get in anybody's way right now. So yeah. I think Rivers at, at minimum gets two touchdown passes. I feel good about him. Don't want to go near Baker in week 15 because I like this Giants defense. I think it played a lot better on Sunday than it looks because for the most part, eventually the Giants offense was so bad, it sold out the defense and they their back kind of broke at the end of the game. But they're still a nasty defense. The Browns want to run the ball. So I can't play Baker. Tua's got no help. He's up against the Patriots defense and, and Belichick that they usually feast on inexperienced quarterbacks. And a lot of what Tua did yesterday was – chasing the game, falling behind the Chiefs. That's not going to happen with New England. It's not like Cam's going to put up 30 points in the first half and say, come and get me to right. it. It's going to be more like a, th- you know, a 10 to 10 slog in the third quarter and points are going to be hard to come by. And I, I don't know. I mean, we'll talk about a Miami player in the running back section, but I, I don't know who two is going to look to because everybody he would want to look to is hurt. So um, hurts is my, I didn't really talk about Mitch. I mean, Look, he's clicking with Montgomery, getting him involved in the passing game. He's clicking with Allen Robinson, the, the glorious, wonderful Allen Robinson, who does not care who the matchup is, does not care who the quarterback is. He produces pretty much against everybody. And Minnesota and Jacksonville is a great finishing kick. So uh, let's start with Hertz as the as the primary guy. I think then Trubisky and Rivers would be perfectly fine. I think everybody else in the short term looks like a fantasy trap. Yeah, I think I think Hertz is the one guy that I would feel most comfortable actually having to start in a like win or go home fantasy matchup in week 15, week 16. That's what the playoffs are. Yes, they are winner go home. They're, yeah. they're not like best two out of three. No. Yeah, I don't have any time to figure this out. Like, you know, I can't I, you know, I the, Mitch Trubisky has obviously a wide range of outcomes. Philip Rivers has a maybe a narrower range of outcomes, but it's either going to be two touchdown passes. Maybe there's a third touchdown pass. There's no rushing upside to it. He's not going to be the reason that you win a fantasy matchup. You can win with him, but it's not going to be because of him. I feel like, I mean, Jalen Hurts just ran for 100 yards 
against a, a defense that I might have said coming into week 14 was was playing better than any in the league. Like they they hadn't given up more than 16 total points in any of their previous five games. They are at or near the top of the league in everything that matters defensively. Hertz ran for 106 yards against him. So the guy's got guys got plenty of upside um, and he's got friendly matchups ahead. I think he is far and away the top pickup target here. And and then I'm with you. You can you can default to Trubisky or Rivers if you don't get him. Let's uh, let's switch to running back where it's bad. It's it's just kind of a minefield. And if you're uh, if you're troubled at running back, as as many are, I don't have a lot of quick answers for you. The one guy that I actually wrote up in the pickups column this week was uh, was Lynn Bowden, who had a really nice game and is not even necessarily a running back. Well, he's what he's whatever you need him to be. He's actually one of those rare guys who's eligible at wide receiver and running back in Yahoo's game. So he's got rare multi-position flexibility. We don't encounter that in football very often. He's coming off a game with seven catches, 82 yards, nine targets, had a carry mixed in there. Really fun collegiate player, super fun collegiate player. I believe he was the Paul Hornung award winner, which goes to like just sort of the all-purpose gadgety player of the year um, because he led Kentucky in both rushing and receiving a season ago had to play a bunch of quarterback. Um, so I, he completed like 35 passes, right? Like does a little bit of everything is a great return man does literally everything. And wow, if there's a team in the NFL right now that needs a multi-tool like that, it is clearly plainly simply Miami. Miami needs help. They've got, we, we mentioned it before that no Gesicki, no Parker, no Grant. They all go down with injuries last week. Um, the running back situation is terrible. They're down to like their fourth option, DeAndre Washington. I'm not even going to mention him. I don't think is particularly fantasy relevant right now. Other guys on this list, this is where it really gets bad. If you're adding Peyton Barber, I guess you're just hoping that he falls into the end zone. I've had to do it. I'm there with you. If you had to add him as a, as a backup plan for Antonio Gibson, who's got the toe injury, it's not a great situation. He's got a bad matchup coming up against Seattle. But again, you can hope that he stumbles into the end zone because they like him at the goal Jeff Wilson, maybe an interesting name. He mixed in a little bit uh, for San Francisco, had a touchdown. They love that guy in the go- at the goal line. And he's got Dallas coming up, which is super friendly. Gus Edwards, you and I are, you and I are talking here before the Monday night game has been played. So barring any sort of injury or any sort of nonsense that goes on on Monday night, I think Gus Edwards could get interesting against Jacksonville in a game where presumably he's going to have positive game script and um, he could see the field a lot, particularly in the second half of that one. And then it's possible that the name that I am most interested in here uh, is actually Tony Pollard. Listen, Tony Pollard isn't going to leapfrog Zeke Elliott. It's just absolutely not going to happen. The Cowboys have 90 million reasons to continue playing Zeke Elliott. I'm sure Zeke has some statistical goals that he wants to hit before the season is over. He's obviously not having a, a, a spectacular season by his standards. He's a little bit banged up right now. Pollard saw 13 touches to Zeke's 14 this past week. So the actual workloads uh, very similar lately, and it's not going to surprise me if he continues to see about a dozen touches per week going forward. Bowden definitely the Bowden Bowden definitely the priority for me because he's just there's nothing else in Miami right now, and he had a, a decent game in the comeback loss, but competitive loss to Kansas City. I, I just can't see how he's not going to have something to do. And it's fun to have a gadgety guy who qualifies at multiple positions that. That's never been controversial in fantasy. A, a football Heck player no. qualifies in multiple no. positions. Uh, you know, he, so he might he might be this year's Marcus Colston Award winner, right? Of the, <laughs> of the player who you play at two different positions. So congratulations, and uh, they'll need him. And we're tr- always trying to figure out, you know, who is Tua's go-to guy? Who is he run reps with? 
we, we know he's got something going with Bowden because they were clicking in the second half when everybody mm-hmm. else was hurt. So at least we've already seen it. You don't have to take it on faith that he can produce. He's actually shown you some production. Uh, who knows? Maybe right now Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick is trying to identify what do we have to stop for Miami. Maybe he's going to look at it as Lynn Bowden Jr. is the guy to stop. But still, he, he's the top of this list, maybe by default. Then now we go to Jeff Wilson Jr. Perhaps it's because I'm a Raheem Mostert owner and, and fan that I was just dying inside when Wilson was getting the late touches in that game. I, now, partially, most of it was dinged up in that game, may have been concussed, so that could have played into it. But Wilson probably has the most goal line equity on this team. So if there's a rushing touchdown to be had, I think Wilson's the guy to get it. Jericho McKinnon has been reduced to a special teams player in recent weeks. So I, I think Wilson's got a nice base to do something against Dallas defense that you, know, you can certainly get production on. I think Pollard will get 10 touches, maybe 12 touches. The problem is he can't get 20 or 18 unless Elliott were to get hurt. I, I think Elliott could like fumble on back-to-back snaps and they just pat him on the back and give him the ball again. There's no way they're going to bench Elliott. Yeah, well, so we've seen that Pollard, already. We've, we've seen that exact scenario. Sure, we, we sure have. have. So you're just playing that Chase Edmonds game where it's like, okay, I know the backup is playing better right now, but we're just going to have to live with whatever scraps are left over. Um, that may be you in a deeper league. I don't think there's a lot of upside with Pollard just because he's blocked by somebody. I, I threw Peyton Barber at you in our in our playoff game. You were undaunted. You you stuffed him like the oh, it's right there on the board. That you are on the, on the keys to yeah. defeating Hecky Bean. Contain Peyton Barber, and we did it. The, the, the keys is make sure make sure Pinowski has nobody better than Peyton Barber. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I miss you, Miles Gaskin. I needed you, man. I, I I hope you come back soon. I hope you make a full recovery, and we'll dance again when when all this is over. Um, Peyton Barber might fall in from the one yard line. Unfortunately, with Haskins, it just makes me not want to trust. And you know, Gibson's out, which uh, Barber actually would probably worth, be worth more if Gibson played because then the offense would move the ball, and I think Barber's touchdown equity would go up because he scored. Yeah. He's the Jordan Howard of this team, right? He's the even the Todd Gurley, if you will, the guy who gets the one yard plunge and gets to celebrate with the offensive lineman. That that's Barber. I guess they don't they don't think that their other backs can do that for some reason, but Bowden and Wilson are the guys I like on this list. I agree with that along with, uh, along with Pollard. And, uh, again, because Wilson's got Dallas coming up next, if anybody on this list is going to score a touchdown in week 15 and you need desperation help at running back, Wilson might be it. Let's pivot to wide receiver where I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep playing the hits. Some of these guys have come up before, especially this first guy, feel like I'm in a like I'm in a stare down with the Yahoo fantasy community who continues not to add Tim Patrick, who is still only 28 percent rostered in Yahoo leagues, despite his six touchdowns on the season, three touchdowns in the last two weeks, relatively appealing schedule coming up. It's not perfect. It's Buffalo. It's the Chargers. But you can get to those defenses. They are not they, they are not stay away defenses. And I mean, he's Tim Dan Patrick. He's Drew Locke's number one receiver. Anytime you can add Drew Locke's number one receiver, you got to do it. That's a that's a fundamental role of fantasy. Uh, I'm going to throw Nelson Aguilar in here. He's seen 35 targets over his last four games. So I think that the hang up that we used to have about Aguilar, which was, you know, well, OK, two hang ups. One, the hands don't always work. And two, um, we, we were thinking of him as a as a low volume receiver, certainly at the start of the year. That is that has not been the case. Um, again, 35 targets over four games makes him makes him fairly interesting to me. Gabriel Davis, uh, John Brown, of course, on IR. Davis has touchdowns in three straight games, touchdowns in four of five. Uh, he's got Denver and New England coming up. Those aren't perfect matchups, but he's just been money in the bank. Not a lot of volume there, but if it's a deeper league, uh, I'm pretty interested in Davis. 
Marquez Valdez Scantling uh, reappeared, uh, caught, I believe, caught all six of his targets, which is not what we normally expect from MVS. He's got Carolina and Tennessee coming up in the fantasy playoffs. I will toss in the name James Washington here because he's got touchdowns in back-to-back games. Saw the field quite a bit, actually, on Sunday night because Deontay Johnson continued the just the theater of pain that he has been. Like, he's he's just been such a rough watch. He's up to 12 drops on the season. I believe Collinsworth actually suggested that maybe he's experiencing a case of the yips on, on Sunday night. Like, it's bad. These are, these are short-range targets that NFL receivers don't drop. He's putting them on the ground, and it took him off the field for a full half, uh, and James Washington took advantage. So he's a little bit interesting there. He gets Cincinnati next. That's plenty friendly. A couple of other names I'll throw at you, and then I'll just let you talk through this whole mess. Tyron Johnson, Mike Williams uh, checked out with an injury, uh, and he's got a Thursday night game this week, so who knows if he's going to be able to make it back for that. Johnson performed pretty well in his absence. Six catches, 55 yards, a touchdown. It would be remiss if I did not mention Russell Gage, who threw the, who threw the best pass of the day for Atlanta in Week 14. Threw a touchdown strike, also ended up with uh, five catches for 82 yards and certainly took advantage of the fact that Julio Jones was a no-go. Yeah, I'm surprised Gage isn't higher on this list. What a seed he threw. That play wasn't wide open. Yeah, Usually the idea on the the option pass is if it's not wide open, you know, run it or throw it out of bounds. But usually the player is so excited to throw a pass, the hero complex kicks in. So when I saw Gage throw that pass in real time, I'm like, what are you doing? The the guy's covered. And I saw the throw and I'm like, that's what you're doing. You've got a hose like Jarvis Landry had been hiding that that hose for for years. And then he threw that touchdown to, to OBJ. Man, it feels like three years ago when that play happened in Dallas. But it's always fun to find out who can really chuck it. Oh, my God. That was this year. Yeah, yeah I, I, I hear you. No. That does feel like it was forever. It does ago. feel like a long time ago. I mean, we, we know what the story is with with a couple of these guys with Gage and with Gabriel Davis. It's, it's all about is there an opportunity because of injury? You know, if Julio's not playing, Russell Gage has proven to be a credible fantasy asset. And the thing with Gabe Davis, I looked at his snap percentage in the games Brown has missed, and it's like 100, 97, 95. Yeah. I think he was in the 80s in the Pittsburgh game, and he ran routes just about on every passing down. So yeah, it's, he's on it's the field. 60-plus snaps in each of his last three games. Like, he's just on the field all the time, period. He's basically a full-time player for them. Now, of course, he's he's behind two fantastic receivers. Diggs was the player of that game for my money, and we found out that Cole Beasley is just like one, one of the most underutilized assets who's all of a sudden fully utilized. He's been outstanding, uh, not, not, not withstanding a great head of hair, too. He's just got that <laughs> flowing. Yeah, I think there's power in the hair. You know, I've been thinking all, all during 2020 that I need to keep it aerodynamic and you know, try to keep the hair short. Maybe I should have just gone full Cole Beasley because it's working for him, man. But, um, you know, look, Josh Allen, they've gotten him to the point now that he's a Pro Bowl guy and he's he's probably like a, a borderline MVP candidate. He won't win it this year, but he'll you know if there was like a bracketed voting, he'd probably finish third, fourth, or fifth, somewhere yeah. in there. That's how good Allen has been. Uh Brian Dable's probably headed for a head coaching job somewhere, the job he's done with this Buffalo offense. And and Gabe Davis is a hit. You know, he hasn't been the primary hit of this rookie class, but he's gotten his feet wet. He's somebody I'm excited about in future seasons. And uh is certainly playable if Brown isn't isn't able to come back, which I don't think he will. You hit the right note with Aguilar. It used to be we were always fearful, I was anyway, of the three or four target game. But they've, they've seemed to accept him in the circle of trust. Now, I, I never really know what they're going to do on offense with the Raiders. It, what a what a crap out they've had in recent weeks. They really shouldn't have beaten the Jets. They never showed up in Atlanta that game. And then they the Colts did whatever they wanted. But it's not Aguilar's fault. This guy is getting open. 
Carr missed him for what should have been a touchdown in the Jets game before before the ultimate game-winning play, and then Aguilar was all over the field against the Col- good Colts defense. I, I have nothing new to say about Patrick. You know, you can go back to if you. I'm sure you listen to the old waiver wire pickups. You know, just for historical context, and <laughs> we talk about this guy every week. I mean, I, I feel like I know the, Tim Patrick better than Drew Locke does at this point. Uh, there's nothing new. You can you can cannot stop me on any Tim Patrick trivia. I do feel so, like we should uh, just pre-record a sec. Maybe it's just this segment. We just we just we just put it put it uh, you know file it away. We just plug it in. To every podcast moving forward, we just give Tim Patrick his four minutes and then we're done. You can say generic stuff like, well, he got in the end zone again because he always gets in the end zone. <laughs> he's, he's basically the poor man's Devontae Adams at this point. You just count on the weekly touchdown. So, yeah, Patrick in the thinner leagues, he's probably gone if you're in a competitive league. I would have no problem r- rolling with Aguilar Davis and I would have no problem rolling with Russell Gage if Julio's ruled out. You know, with MBS, you get exposure to to Rodgers. And look, Rodgers wants to pad that touchdown to interception ratio as he makes a run in MVP. I also think if you can get plus odds at, for Rodgers over at betmgm.com slash Yahoo for uh, your first deposit, you can get some promos over there. Sportsbook is the is the promo code. Rodgers wants to win this MVP. They're gunning for it. They're throwing a ton of short touchdowns. They can't all go to Devontae Adams, who, by the way, is on pace to have the uh, 11th best PPR receiver season of all time. And if you projected what he's done over 16 games, because he's missed two games, yeah. he would have the best receiver season of all time. He'd actually pass Jerry Rice in PPR scoring. That's what Adams is doing. He's playing at a 20 touchdown pace. Unfortunately, he missed two games. It's going to, it's going to be like, it's going to be like when Marshall Falk had like the all time per game season, but I think he missed two or three um, and still had a, just a shocking fantasy total at the end of the year. Some of the video from the the route running, Harmon's always talking about Adams. He had Adams as his number one receiver before the season, which was a a hell of a pluck. The rest of us had him at two or three. I'm sure I had him at two and I drafted him aggressively. But Adams is is just a wizard and so is Rodgers. And, you know, MVS can get a piece of that. I want to mention, I know this is the pickups podcast, but I don't know how you can play Deontay Johnson. And this is why I say this. The drop passes, as you said, Collinsworth, the yips, you know, all that stuff. There's another factor here. Pittsburgh cares about drops. There are some teams who don't care about drops, and they pat you on the back, and we'll work through this. Mike Tomlin's like, if you don't catch the ball, we'll find somebody who will. He's made that clear. And we know if there's one thing, if there's one position Pittsburgh has abundant resources at, it's receiver. Nobody thinks James Washington is the most talented receiver on this team, but he's good enough to play. If Deontay Johnson isn't catching the ball, Washington can get in his way. Washington can take his job away. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm not saying Washington has more talent. I'm not saying that draft Twitter isn't going to go nuts. Why isn't Deontay Johnson playing? I'm saying Mike Tomlin has told you we care about drops. That matters to us. That may determine who gets on the field. Basically, Deontay Johnson was drop shamed in the middle of that game. He didn't play for like half of it. So I don't think you can play Deontay Johnson this week. Well, and again, it's not the first time that it's crept up with Deontay Johnson. He's got like a dozen drops on the year. I I don't even know that these were the worst drops that I've seen from Deontay Johnson. And because it's Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh offense, they're all short range, too. Like, I I mean, they're painful to watch. And he's he's great. Before the ball arrives, he's great. Gets himself like three, four yards of separation almost immediately off the snap of the football. Um, but you can't you can't drop eight or nine percent of the balls that come your way. Like he was a well, this is what you get, Pittsburgh. When you bring in Eric Ebron, you're gonna have a, a drop <laughs> outbreak on your team. This is what you got. And Ebron had a really bad drop in the Buffalo game, too. Yeah. Unfortunately, he caught the two-point conversion that uh evil Jeff Passan Empire took, scored. They're probably gonna beat me in the Super League unless Willie Sneed throws up an absolute egg. Yes, it's a 20-team league. Yes, I'm gonna lose to Eric Ebron, Willie Sneed, and to Jeff Passan, who 
you know, who probably spent 30 minutes on his team at most because he's breaking baseball news. You know, <laughs> our former Yahoo colleague now doing great work over at, at the Mouse Network. But um, all right, Passan, whatever. You, you've won this round. We will meet again. Or who knows? Maybe Willie Sneed will, will do nothing Monday night. That's always a possibility. But I, I can't play Deontay Johnson. That's a takeaway from there. Patrick Aguilar Davis. Really, really good about them. And Gage, if Julio is out of the mix. If I can uh, if I can call myself out for uh, a moment here, you mentioned uh, Devontae Adams and earlier mentioned uh, Gabe Davis and uh, and Stefan Diggs as part of that conversation. Holy cow, was I wrong about Stefan Diggs? Like I was I feel like I was almost famously wrong <laughs> on Josh Allen coming into this season, but I didn't I didn't feel I didn't feel particularly good about Stefan Diggs. And that was tied to my opinion of Josh Allen as an actual passer. I don't think it like I don't think it affected my fantasy rank on Josh Allen because obviously Josh Allen was the guy who was going to run for eight to ten touchdowns and so still had plenty of fantasy value. But clearly I was wrong on Josh Allen as a as a passer. He's he's turned himself into something obviously really special. But oh me my, too. me too. I got that wrong. Oh I my Diggs goodness! Is the exquisite this... route runner and Allen is the scattershot arm. How is that? Right, work? just a weird pairing. Just a really weird pairing. Um, Diggs in, has a hundred season with limited practice time. I I I was out on Diggs, and you know, I mean, at least there were so many receiver hits that you know maybe the guy I drafted yeah. instead of Diggs was good, but doesn't mean I was any less wrong. Um, wrong on Hopkins too. You know, I, I although he's had ups and downs to be fair. But um, and it's kind of funny how Buffalo and Minnesota make this trade. Buffalo gets Diggs; he's fantastic. Minnesota gets Justin Jefferson, who is just you know he didn't do much in Week 14, but he's terrific. He's yeah. he's um, looking at, at Randy Moss's rookie season, the crosshairs, and trying to take it down. He won't get the Moss's 17 touchdowns, but he may beat Moss in catches and yards. Now Moss was in a different era then, right? Teams it was kind of gimmicky when a team went to three receivers. He went to a team that already had. Jake Reed and Chris Carter, a Hall yep. of Famer and Carter. But um, man, Moss, that's right when a, a lot of us were first getting into fantasy. And then what a, you know, the people who drafted Moss probably got him anywhere from like round six to round 10, you know, as a flyer. You may have not There's started just no him on question opening that my day. favorite season in fantasy was 1998. Yeah. It was Randy Moss's rookie season. Had him everywhere. Like, had, that Thanksgiving game is is as special as, and, and he only caught three balls. He caught three balls and they were all long touchdowns. Three Three suitable for framing touchdowns. If if you miss the Randy Moss experience and you just want a quick uh, primer on what Randy Moss was all about, go to, go to the YouTube and, and look up the Dallas game on Thanksgiving, nineteen ninety eight. The three gorgeous touchdowns. It's they're, also they're, again, summer all in Madden. It's so good. Everything about Randy, it is so good. Randy Moss touchdowns are all awesome anyway. And then they did a thing. Uh, Kenny Maine did a thing called Straight Cash Homie, which played off on Randy Moss the straight cash homie clip and he, and he made it into a game show where Randy Moss was borrowing from all the other <laughs> famous game shows. And so they had a quote from Ken Jennings. They had a quote from uh, wink Martindale, you know, who said, Hey, doesn't it sound like tic-tac-toe? I think you're ripping us off here. <laughs> and Kenny Maine's just hilarious. And, and just, it's all tongue in cheek. And it's really fantastic. Randy Moss was so much fun. I cannot say enough. What maybe my favorite player of all time, the guy, that guy he, he could play and that was great, but he was, the, the what he said at the press conferences, the way he dressed, that's just everything about Randy Moss. I'm totally in on. Yeah, to- totally magical. He was an absolute revolution in in 98. Let's move on to uh, a position that is not in any way uh, a revolution and a position that has probably been set back a decade this year, except for Travis Kelsey, who's been great. But tight end, I got I got no great fixes for you at tight end. I will throw these three names out there. And Scott, if you have a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, feel free to add them. Um, I think these three guys are moderately interesting. 
hopefully you have better options in the fantasy playoffs, but I don't know that you do because, again, there have only been like three playable tight ends all season. Uh, I will toss out the fact that Irv Smith Jr. caught four balls on four targets for 63 yards and a touchdown. It certainly helped him that Kyle Rudolph was out with a foot injury. But but I mean, Irv looks good every time they every time they give him the ball. Irv is making things happen. They just don't throw his way very often. Dan Arnold, I, I feel like, has to enter the conversation. He's got four touchdowns in his last four games. His touchdown catch in in week 14 was something. Um, he's in a crowd of four Giants defenders, just um, skies to to go get a pass that could have easily sailed over his head. Brings it down at the back of the end zone. Um, really nice play. They almost never target him. It's kind of it's kind of that Irv Smith situation. It always looks kind of magical when they do target him, but he he doesn't have uh, more than four targets in any game this season. He's entirely touchdown dependent. The whole damn position is touchdown dependent, though. So maybe Dan Arnold can help you. And then the final name I will throw out there. We've talked again numerous times about the Bears super friendly schedule. Well, Cole Komet is playing a whole damn lot. This is two straight games with seven targets for Cole Komet. Didn't find the end zone this past week. The touchdown went to Jimmy Graham, but still. Komet is on the field all the time now, and it's and it's Minnesota and Jacksonville coming up, and that's pretty friendly. You got any better names for us? I don't. In fact, I, I can't even go all in on any of these guys, although you, you, you take what you can get. Komet's on the field most of the time. Uh, he, he had more snaps, more routes, more targets, more catches, more yards than Graham, but Graham had the touchdown. And unfortunately, when you score a short touchdown, they go back to those plays. And you just, you know, Jimmy Graham cannot... And uh, shout out to my friend Steve Gleason who played Jimmy Graham against me, just mocking me as he <laughs> dispatched me in my hometown league. Um, it's, it's really cruel and wicked. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have that on the bulletin board for next year. Well played, my friend. Uh, better team won. Better manager won. And I'll uh, I'll take my whipping like a man. But Komet, you know, hey, seven seven targets, right? With four or five catches. He, he uh, I, I think he's going to be a really interesting player next year when hopefully Graham won't be around to mess it up. I would love to go all in on Irv Smith. What worries me is he's constantly been getting re-injured this year. And actually, yeah. Ty Conklin was very active in this game, too. Even, even though Rudolph was out of the way, which you think, okay, all systems go for Smith. And Smith looked really good. He's got some draft pedigree. It's his second season. You know, Conklin had like four or five catches, too. I think Conklin might have had a higher snap share or a rug, rug share. So, now, Grand Minnesota doesn't go that deep with their tree anyway. It's not like they're throwing to third or fourth receivers. Maybe they can support a couple of tight ends. But I, I just wish Smith had the pie to himself. I don't wish he didn't have to share with Ty Conklin. But at least he did flash in this game. And he's had moments. Man, I had him on a lot of teams when he, when he was producing. And then he got hurt and I had to cut him. It hurt that I didn't have him in my lap this week. I just didn't think I could play him on spec. You're right about Arnold. You know, the thing about tight ends is when they score, maybe Jimmy Graham doesn't qualify here, but when a tight end scores, they're usually such athletic plays. Yeah. And you're so yeah. right about Arnold. It was in a crowd and he he high pointed the ball. And it's just like there's an athlete, there's an athletic play. There's and not only that, there's a a level of trust and rapport that the quarterback and the and the receiver show on that play. You know, Kyler Murray's willing to make that throw and pull the trigger and believes that Arnold can make that catch. I I think that leads to touchdown equity going forward. And one of Arnold's touchdowns in week 13 was a long catch and run. So I feel like there's untapped potential here. And Arizona has struggled after Hopkins to really get anything going with their secondary receivers. Kirk's been hit or miss. Yeah. Fitzgerald at the end of his career. India Isabella didn't even dress on Thursday. I guess that means he was naked for the whole game, but he wasn't in uniform anyway. Uh, they haven't been able to, and, and uh, it probably makes an Arizona fan sick. 
like it does mean Nikhil Harry, the players that Andy Isabella was drafted over last year, because there are some really good receivers still available. You know who they are. And they took Isabella, but they're kind of looking for a second piece of this passing game to pop. So why not Dale Arnold? Uh, I'm going to lean, I guess Arnold I'll lean because the touchdown thing, I, I think you can count on it week to week. Komet is the single. I don't think there's a home run in Komet's outcome, but yeah. if you just if you really just need three to five catches, I feel like Komet's going to do that the rest of the season. And the wild card to me is Smith, just because there's other pieces here, and he's had so many re-injuries this season. Um, just so we can get the the stink of the tight end position off of us a little bit and talk about the one good thing about tight ends this year, um, Travis Kelsey's going to destroy the single season <laughs> receiving record for for tight ends. Uh, this this is this is crazy. Like he's he's leading he's the NFL. The yardage title. He's winning the receiving yardage title. He's right leading now. the he's NFL in receiving right now at at yeah. twelve hundred and fifty yards. It's crazy. Like a tight end is doing this. He's already got ninety catches. Like he's. He, I mean, Stefan Diggs has the lead with 100 catches right now, but it's not totally out of the question that Travis Kelsey leads the NFL in both receptions and receiving yards, um, which is just incredible. He's got he's over 100 yards in five of his last six games. I mean, this is just a this is just an amazing season. Where do you think we're drafting him next year? First round for sure. And it's it's interesting for a team. And Mahomes is right now either the you know the first or second pick for the MVP, having a great year, generationally great. And the only other players in this offense who are doing it are Hill every week or Hill and Kelsey. We haven't really, you know, CEH has been MEH. You know, Watkins runs clear out routes for other people. Watkins is the behind the, the scenes person that, that is doing things that facilitate other people's greatness, but has none of that greatness himself. Nobody can time the, the market on McCall Hardman, who had a touchdown. You know, your best ball lineups got touchdowns in week 14, but you can't play them <laughs> in seasonal right now. Yeah. Um, every once in a while, Demarcus Robinson makes a play, Byron P- Pringle makes a play, but. This is a three-headed offense, and then they're all—I mean—they're all going to the Hall of Fame. You know, th- these are Kelsey right now is one of the top five tight ends of all time, and I, I don't think he's the best, but he's—he's um, he's really close. He'll go in the first round next year. And uh, when I look at why I got eliminated in a lot of my teams, not all my teams lost. I had buys and stuff. You know, I could still win some things. I could still, I'm still making very healthy profit, but. I was facing a lot of Kelsey and a lot of Tyreek Hill this week. And uh, I know you throw, you throw both those guys at me or just one of them. I got both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's jerk. It's a jerk move. It's like, you know, could, could Sammy Watkins just come up with a touchdown and just <laughs> staunch the bleeding a little bit? I mean, what's going on here? One other thing I want to mention. So, yeah. Kelsey is a first rounder next year. He may even be like a middle round, like the fifth, sixth, seventh pick of the well, draft. That's what I was going to try to pin you down on that. Like, I feel like he might. I mean, it's been plausible to take him at the end of the first round over the last couple of years, but I feel like he may have moved up into the, I don't know, five, six, seven overall range. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to bat an eye if somebody wants to take him sixth. Absolutely. Uh, one other guy I want to mention, we, we, we never know what's going to happen on the Monday night game. It, it sounds like Hooper's not going to go. Harrison Bryant has popped now and then. Yeah. So here's your placeholder to just go check the box score, run the tape. If Harrison Bryant showed anything of note, you know, maybe he could be your emergency tight end. I, I wouldn't necessarily go to him proactively because Cleveland wants to run the ball first, but he's at least showed ability. I mean, Harrison Bryant can play and Hooper hasn't really clicked anyway. Now he's hurt. So maybe there's something for Harrison Bryant in the next two weeks. But I'm with you. Uh, Travis Kelsey will be a proactive pick next year. The moment the the running backs people feel good about are drafted, and that might be a, a class of three or four guys. Yeah. Travis Kelsey's going to be looking really good, and we'll be at near the top of the Yahoo queue because we're all going to rank him proactively. Okay, if people are going to make any of the ads that we've discussed on this podcast, uh, they're going to have to drop somebody. Scott, who's it going to be for you this week? Who's who's getting launched? You know, I don't know how you can 
weight on Jamison Crowder. He's got a bad quarterback. Um, he hardly played against Seattle. Still 72% rostered. They have other receivers uh, who are probably more talented than Crowder. He was great early in the season. I know he had the two touchdown game two weeks ago, but you don't want to ride with Sam Darnold. I think Darnold is a great target for an organization that knows what they're doing. Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Indianapolis. This is your future. Chicago. This I didn't, your future I was quarterback, say, I didn't you know? hear Chicago there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I said teams that know what they're doing, Andy. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see him go to a, a team that has a chance um, and maybe even sit for a year and, and get his confidence back. But I can't go near Jamison Crowder right now. And, you know, Leonard Fournette, you, you probably oh, gave up name. on him a yeah. while ago. Tampa Bay's given up on him. If he's on your waiver wire, maybe you could pick him up and drop him just to, just so, you you know, <laughs> he can let you down one more time. But um, there are some Fournette, some, I guess this, I'll turn this into a victory lap. There are some, I, I said in the summer, you know, to get ready for your draft, get out your draft sheet, cross out Leonard Fournette, and then go draft. And then when he got cut by the Jaguars, some of the Fournette apologists were like, well, wait, wait, he might land in a better situation. This could be good for Leonard Fournette. The Jaguars stink anyway. Well, turns out James Robinson is one of the most five most important fantasy players of the year. He's been yeah. fantastic. You got him with a late round pick or with a, a free pickup on the wire, or maybe some fab money in week one. He's been terrific. So, you know, forget the Jaguar setup. If that wasn't holding Fournette back, Fournette's just not that good. And then he had two really special games this year. They came after he hadn't played or weeks where he'd played poorly. So even the times Fournette played well this year, nobody could have gotten to them proactively. All he's done is let us down. So I, you know, uh, not, Leonard Fournette's probably a hell of a guy. You know, he's probably a great neighbor. He's probably a great, you know, tennis partner or ping pong player or saxophonist. There's probably plenty of things that Leonard Fournette is good at. Right now, being a professional running back is probably not one of them. I don't remember who it was. I'm fairly sure it was the Chicago Media uh, League draft that I'm in, hosted by Michael Beller. Great man. Somebody, like, we were holding that draft when Leonard Fournette uh, signed with Tampa Bay. And oh my <laughs> goodness, the victory lap taken by the person who drafted Leonard Fournette in like the oh, 10th round. Awesome. I don't, I, it's it's killing me that I can't remember who it was, but oh my gosh, the victory lap taken uh, as soon as Leonard Fournette was drafted as if it was just a league winning finishing move on top of an already great draft. Um, that has not turned out to be anything particularly special. The draft that I'm throwing out there for you, uh, and, and maybe you've already done it, maybe you did it while he was on IR, um, but I'm gonna give you official clearance to drop Zach Ertz, who in his two games after, and listen, I'm excited about the Eagles offense. I'm, I'm plenty excited about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a starting quarterback for two of my fantasy playoff teams. Yeah, when, when into a quarterback it. and tight end have a rhyming name, I mean, it's, it's going to be some potential <laughs> know, they, that, right? No. They pair so well together. Hurts to Hurts, no? Um, but Zach Ertz has four catches for 39 yards since returning from injured reserve and Dallas Goddard. Yeah, Dallas, is Goddard the, Dallas Goddard has staked his claim, has marked yeah. his turf. You know, um, yeah, it's that's the right. I'm sorry to take away your thunder there. Oh Ertz. no, there's there's no thunder in, in talking about Zach Ertz. That's totally fine. I I'm I'm just saying you can launch him if you have not done it already. Yeah, you can't you can't hold on. Look, and I know somebody's gonna say, Hey, Jay Green just scored a touchdown. T. Y. Hilton, you know, they <laughs> they basically gave him the adrenaline shot from Pulp Fiction. He's back in play, but um, if you were to bet on these 30 something players not getting their mojo back, you'd be right so much more often than you'd be wrong. Yeah, it's very, very well put. Folks, if you uh, have tolerated this podcast, oh boy, we have some other podcasts for you. Check out the Yahoo Sports NFL pod with Charles Robinson and Therese Paler. They do great work. The Yahoo Sports College podcast with Dan Wetzel, Pete Thamel. 
Pat Forty from SI. That is also a joy. Follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I am merely at Andy Barons. That right there is at Scott underscore Pianowski. One more time, huge thanks to Planners. Huge thanks to our producer, Sully. Tomorrow, you're going to get Matt Harmon. You're going to get Dalton Del Don. Uh, They shall take over. But until that time, we are out.